The Marriage Project is a community organization that exists to educate a future generation while encouraging and inspiring hope for this one through the portrait of God's design for marriage. It is a collective of stories from couples spanning across the nation and globe to share with you the hope they have found in Jesus. This is a one-stop shop to hear how God has impacted each life here and to shine light and shed light on what our part is in his plan. Welcome back to another episode of the Marriage Project Podcast. This is your host, Alicia Miller, and you are listening to episode number 33. I'm home. I went to Uganda, and I can't believe it's already come and gone. I've been home for the last three to four, no, what day is it? It is Friday. I got home Sunday night, so that means I've been home Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, five days. Jet lag is real. I have been feeling it. I fell off, but today I'm feeling good and getting back on schedule. And I needed a little break there. I thought I'd be able to get this episode out the first Wednesday of the month, which is the scheduled time. I don't think I've missed that since the start of this all, but didn't happen. So you guys are getting this episode the second Wednesday of the month, but there are five Wednesdays this month. So it kind of counts. I feel like it's okay. Right, Uganda was such a beautiful blessing. If you cared to read or found my blog post, I wrote a little bit about why Uganda, why I was going, and why it's so special to me. I had interned for a company back in 2013, which was the year that God got hold of my heart. I came to know him personally, got into the word, and couldn't get enough of it, and just completely transformed my life. So 2013 was a big year. And at the end of it, I interned for 31 Bits. They employ women in northern Uganda. And so Uganda was on my radar. I was going out. I was on the event team telling people about the story of this company, these five girls who founded it. They had gone to Uganda. They discovered this skill set that these women had. They made these beautiful pieces of jewelry. And we had the market here in the States. So they brought over the product and saw if it would sell. And it did. And they created this company out of it. And I would go out and tell the story and sell the product. And it was a lot of fun. And because of that, I desired to um, sponsor a little girl or just a child. And I researched companies, organizations rather, who do that, who sponsor children or have the opportunity for you to sponsor a child through their organization. And I landed on Compassion International and I chose a little girl. Her name was Patience, is Patience. I still sponsor her and she lives in Uganda. And so it's always just been part of my story since walking with the Lord. Um, not sure why I tried to go on a couple different occasions, didn't work out. I thought maybe when I went to South Africa in 2019, I could tack on Uganda, but realized it was too much to go at it alone. And I'm so thankful that that didn't happen that way. Uh, I got to go this year though with my cousin and her friend. And it happened just so that she had um, a friend and her husband who were stationed um, out in Kampala area in Uganda. And when my cousin asked me, do you want to go to Uganda? I said, I do. But I wasn't sure if it was going to happen this year. It felt really, quite honestly, just risky with everything going on in the world, with the state of our country and everything going on with this virus. And is it responsible? Will it be okay? Can we even get into the country? And so we just were praying about it and, and we felt okay about it. And we landed on some dates that would work for us and decided to book our tickets. So we got our plane tickets and that was so surreal because I'd always talked about going to Uganda, but had never gotten that far. I had never had a plane ticket to Entebbe. 
that's the airport there. So that felt even more real, but still held it loosely because I had no idea what this year was going to look like. Fast forward to June and Uganda went on a 42 day lockdown because they had a resurgence in COVID cases. And I thought, oh my gosh, that's not good. Do we still go? What should we do? We consulted some people that were on the ground there in Uganda and they said to just keep up with the news to watch out and that the president would let everyone know on the 42nd day whether or not the country would reopen. And that 42nd day was right before we decided to leave. Our leave date was August 18th. The 42nd day was July 30th. And that day we opened up our news and saw that he decided to reopen the country. We asked around, we asked, is it safe? Should we not come? Is it, how is it? And they said, come. The cases were down. They said it was not as bad as the news headlines were making it seem. So we decided to go for it. It was still nerve wracking because we would have to have tested negative prior to leaving, would have to test negative when we landed at the airport, and would have to test coming home. So getting stuck in a foreign country for 10 plus days on your own dime didn't sound like the best thing, but I just knew that if God was going to send us, he was going to take us and protect us. And that was the whole point behind my selling of the shirts, the testify and tell of his glory. I'm like, well, he's going to give us something to tell of his glory if I declare that I was going to tell of his glory. (laughs) So that is entirely what happened. He completely took care of every single test we had to take. Everything came back negative. We were healthy. I had jokingly kind of asked for prayer against no mosquito bites, which is almost nearly impossible when you travel to somewhere with a humid climate like that. But he even did that. I think I may have gotten one bite right when we landed. It was kind of a laughing thing because I'm like, oh my gosh, here I am trying to put bug spray on and not get bit. And I got one bite, but that was it. I got one bite and the whole rest of the trip, no bites. Um, He totally covered us and provided in so many ways that I can't even begin to break them all down. Um, But he made a way and he made Uganda happen. And now that I'm home, I'm just still in awe and really processing that it happened. It feels really surreal that I got to go and see it with my own eyes and experience it. All the pictures I'd been looking at over the years of this Ugandan red dirt, I got to walk it and ride a boat on it and got dirty and got the red dirt all over my face one of the days, which was a funny thing. It was just a beautiful trip. And I did get to interview my cousin's friends, Carly and Axel. They're a young couple and they're stationed there with a Christian NGO. They willingly just opened up their home for us. We stayed there the last few days we were there and it was just so sweet to play games with them and eat around the table with them and get to hear what's been going on in Uganda and just the hardships they face. They've only been married for one year. You're going to hear that. And I'm just excited to um, introduce them to you. They're, like I said, newly married and abroad. So if you think of them, you could be praying for them. Carly and Axel Van Cleve are their names and I'm going to introduce them now and, um, I'm excited just for you to have a little bit of insight into what they've been doing. They had to be a little bit cautionary with what they shared because it is a sensitive um, nature of what they're doing, the work they're doing there. So um, without waiting any longer, I will just plug in the audio that we recorded while we were there and share just a bit of their story and encourage you if you are desiring to serve overseas with your spouse what that could mean, how you could serve. Um, This is an idea. Um, Getting a job together at a Christian nonprofit and going at it together that way, um, or just hearing from their hearts, just the vulnerable things that they've faced in their first year of marriage and at a young age. They're just learning and growing together in this first year of marriage at the age of 23. So I'm excited to give you this episode and 
it was surreal to actually record and take pictures in Uganda and, um, praise the Lord, just thanking him profusely that I got to do this and just saying how good he is and how faithful he is. When he calls you to do something, he will take you through it and to it and provide all along the way. So enjoy. I am here in Uganda with Carly and Axel Van Cleve, and this has been a long time coming. I wanted to come to Uganda for so long. If you followed anything that I've posted or blogged about, you'll know that. If not, um, this is just an exciting time to be here, and I'm grateful for both Carly and Axel, and um, can't wait to chat with you. So you guys can um, just briefly say, hey. Hi. <laughs> and um, we're going to dive in. So you guys are in Uganda. Mm-hmm. You guys are newly married. Mm-hmm. You just celebrated your one-year anniversary. Mm-hmm. Yes. So tell us how you guys met, how that intro happened. How old you guys are? Mm-hmm. You guys are wise beyond your years. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> it seems that way. Um, so we're both 23. Um, but we met when we were 13, 14, um, sometime in there, we were in eighth grade. Um, so we met, we went to the same middle school and high school, but met through our youth group. Um, and we've been friends ever since, but we started dating the second half of our senior year of high school. Mm -hmm. So how did that transition? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, I liked Axel first, Uh junior year of high school. But he wasn't as interested. Oh, <laughs> why not? <laughs> yeah, and then she, she started dating somebody. I think I got jealous. Mm, um, classic move. <laughs> yeah, the, more, the more we hung out, the more I realized that um, she was some good wife material. So I uh, asked her out. I was super nervous, but yeah, started mm. dating second half of senior year. Mm. It turned out okay. Yeah. So how long did you guys date then before... You got married. So senior year of high school. Mm-hmm. So we dated four and a half years. Okay. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. you guys were probably about 18. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, 18. Yeah. So your guys' backgrounds are very interesting. Can, I, can you tell us about that? So mm-hmm. not everybody jumps into marriage and then going abroad within mm-hmm. the first year of it. Mm-hmm. So I can't wait to hear about that. But yeah, what are your guys' backgrounds? Like, do you guys grow up in the church? What are like, mm-hmm. yeah, testimonies? So I grew up in a Christian home, um, and I come from kind of a split family. I have two half-siblings, and my parents are still married. Um, And yeah, I grew up with parents who really loved Jesus. My mom came to know Jesus after I was born. Mm. Um, And in, I think, like second grade, we moved cities, and I kind of went through like a really rough patch adjusting. Mm. It was hard to make friends. Um, and then in eighth grade, I started going to a youth group, mm. which is where I met Ask- Axel. Met Axel. <laughs> okay, um, enter Axel. But that was where I really found Jesus. Mm. Um, and so I grew up in Orange County. Like, I never really left Orange County um, for a while. And then kind of as I started getting older, I just started to have this really big heart for international work. Mm. Um and Axel will dive into this too, but he grew up overseas. And so, mm-hmm. um, yeah, we both kind of really aligned in that way. Um, yeah. And just kind of kept pursuing like international opportunities as I got older and, mm-hmm. and now we're here in Uganda. Yes. <laughs> you made it to Uganda. Yeah. So I, 
Um, I'm half Swedish, half American. Uh, my mom's Swedish and that's where I'm born. Um, but we grew up in Albania. My parents were missionaries there for a long time. And that's uh, where I spent most of my childhood before uh, moving to the US. So yeah, my family's had a lot of um, international travel and missions um, background and uh, grew up in the church and yeah, had a strong um, family that was mm. yeah dedicated to going to church and mm -hmm. yeah, I'm really thankful for my family and, and mm. where they've taken me now. Mm. That's sweet, Albania. I know nothing of it. <laughs> yeah, most people what don't. Is it known, yeah. What is it known for? I know that's an off topic. But. Uh, Albanian mafia. Oh. <laughs> I'm going to look into it. That's really cool, though. So you guys had that just alignment. I like that you said that. And then dated for four years, mm -hmm. got married, mm -hmm. road tripped across the country, right? Mm -hmm. You guys yes. decided to work with a Christian NGO? Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. A Christian NGO. And it took you to an East coast state. Mm -hmm. Right. And so you guys started there. So you got married mm -hmm. and drive across country. So mm -hmm. how did you guys, what was that conversation? Like, did you both know you wanted to work with the same Christian NGO or did one kind of persuade the other? How did that, how did that come up in conversation? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we both did an internship with, with this organization. Um, and we really enjoyed our internships and, mm -hmm. Um, this program and this work that we're doing was just a really good opportunity for us to, yeah, kind of um, starting doing international work. Mm -hmm. uh, it was a good work experience that used a lot of our um, education from mm -hmm. from university. Mm -hmm. um, but it was definitely a hard conversation and a lot of difficult talks, not really knowing if this was the right thing to do, mm -hmm. if it was... I know for Carly, especially just jumping in too early, mm -hmm. um, right after, cause we got married in, in late June mm -hmm. and moved a um, month later, a month later. Wow. And, <laughs> yeah. And stuff. So, and I would say, I mean, it was exciting once we applied for the jobs and then we got accepted and mm -hmm. offered the jobs. Um, but then as the leave date got closer, we felt at least I felt more like, I don't know, this mm -hmm. feels like a lot. We have a really good thing going at home and um, should we just stay and move internationally later? But um, we still really felt like it was the best decision to move yeah. when we did. Um, right. But it definitely wasn't easy. Oh, I bet. Mm -hmm. And you didn't really have the choice of Uganda or how did you guys get placed in Uganda? Yeah, that was... Um, we just kind of got placed here randomly. It was the best place they had for us mm -hmm. um, as a couple for the different skills and um, mm -hmm. kind of job positions that they that we were in mm -hmm. um, and like housing and everything as well. Mm -hmm. um, so they placed us here. Mm -hmm. um, and, and you guys initially said this wasn't necessarily like on your radar, but mm -hmm. it was just where the need was. Mm -hmm. So you yeah. ended up here. Yeah. Much. Yeah, we're just going with whatever kind of comes our way right. at the moment. <laughs> yeah. Hands open. Yeah. So how has it been? Like, what was the reality versus the expectation? Like, mm -hmm. how has that been, too, with your first year of marriage? So you guys are newly married. Mm -hmm. The road trip across country. Did you guys learn any stuff about each other you didn't even know in your dating time, in your first, like, month of marriage in that time frame? <laughs> mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I you're think like, we, oh. <laughs> <laughs> we we both um, had very active, separate lives while we were dating. Mm. Um, I think in a healthy way, but yeah, we both were busy with different sports things or school activities. Uh, so then when we got married and moved in and did everything together, it yeah. was it was really a, a hard transition. <laughs> I mean, we not only did we course move in and live and do everything together but we also worked and drove to the same job um and training and stuff every day so yeah it was it was a a rough few months transitioning Mm -hmm. and and doing that together Mm -hmm. oh i bet yeah no we hate each other (laughs) (laughs) you're stuck here together actually i was thinking that you guys are here still a lot of the time together probably Mm -hmm. alone right because Mm -hmm. you work out of your house now that you're here Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i know you don't Axel, you have different roles. So I want to hear mm-hmm. that. So what has it been like landing here in Uganda? Mm-hmm. The expectation versus reality and some of your yeah roles. Like what have you guys been doing the work here that like, you've been assigned to? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I've been kind of working on and helping with like developing different programs um, and running some different programs as well. And I'm working in operations and kind of helping run things here. Mm-hmm. But... Yeah, we both do separate things, but we do spend a lot of time together. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's definitely been parts of our marriage that we're learning to to transition mm-hmm. with, communicate better, and mm-hmm. yeah, um, yeah, work through the hard stuff and the good stuff together as well. Yeah, I think we didn't even expect or realize that we would be spending so much time together. I mean, especially at the beginning, we were like whoa and we've we've dated for a really long time we've been friends for almost 10 years so it's not like it was necessarily surprising to like see the quirks and everything Mm -hmm. but it was more the like every single day I'm with (laughs) you and I'm not used to this and our first apartment was so itty bitty and so we were like ah I need space oh I bet um but then I feel like being in Uganda and just being overseas in general we've had to lean on each other a lot um, just because you're so far away from friends and from home and you're trying to make brand new community, um, which is kind of hard when there's like lockdowns and stuff. And so, yeah, it's just, it's been interesting, but it's been good. I feel like our time in Uganda, we've gotten to lean on each other a lot more and we're still trying to figure out different ways to like give each other space versus like hanging out together and Yeah. It kind of ebbs and flows. Yeah, I was thinking that. I was like, oh my gosh, that is on top of being with each other. Because that happens within marriage. But then you're just here kind of like alone. I mean, mm-hmm. you have people within the organization. But mm-hmm. that is a lot mm-hmm. away from friends and family. So what are, like, practically speaking, some of the challenges you faced, like, being married and abroad that first year? Mm-hmm. And all sorts of different random uh-huh. small things. Yeah. Um, I think when you're married and living and doing so much stuff together mm-hmm. and one person has a hard time with one thing mm-hmm. it becomes an issue for both of the people mm-hmm. so every little thing whether it's just like being annoyed at a cultural difference or mm-hmm. something else difficult at work yeah. um yeah. weighs on both people mm-hmm. so that's yeah. been one thing that we're walking through and, and navigating together mm-hmm. yeah it's not just one person who's annoyed with the culture. It's right. <laughs> one person is annoyed, communicates with the other, and then you are both living it together. And it, mm-hmm. yeah. Or one person has a really hard time with something at work, and then it obviously weighs on both of you because right. you're both invested. Mm-hmm. 
the organization and what's going on. Right. I can see that. Mm -hmm. And then Carly, you've shared that you've gone through depression, Mm -hmm. anxiety, Mm -hmm. and has that been from like a young age Mm -hmm. or did it start when you're okay. So not starting here. Mm -mm. No, it's been ongoing. Mm -hmm. And so coming into marriage, being in Uganda, how has that like carried over? And Mm -hmm. just that made me think of that, what you're saying, Axel, because it's like, it it affects you, Mm -hmm. you know, when you're walking through something and your spouse is wanting to meet you at that level of, how can I help? So yeah. yeah. Can you just touch on that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I've struggled with depression and anxiety since I was between the ages of eight and 10. Mm -hmm. It's kind of blurry, like Mm -hmm. when it really ramped up, um, but wasn't really diagnosed. Mm -hmm. We didn't talk about mental illness as a family because that was only for people who had really extreme cases. Yeah. Um, so I kind of like struggled with it on and off Mm -hmm. throughout all of elementary, middle and high school. Mm -hmm. Um, and then at Biola, um, it got pretty bad, but it was still not diagnosed. Um, but I was very unaware and kind of just pushed through everything Mm -hmm. in a really unhealthy way. Mm -hmm. Um, and then when we got married, um, I had just come off like a really, really hard year, probably Mm -hmm. one of the hardest years of my life. Mm -hmm. Um, that kind of started like after we got engaged, a ton of things started going on with like my job and school Mm -hmm. and my family. And so it got really bad. Mm -hmm. Um, and so in our first like six or so months of marriage, that was probably like the hardest it's ever been for us. Like I struggled to get out of bed. Um, I really struggled to be social. I had anxiety attacks a lot of mornings. Um, And so that was really hard on us because, like, Axel doesn't know how to fix it. I don't know how to fix it. Mm -hmm. There's not really a way to fix it. You can take medicine, but that doesn't always cure it. Mm -hmm. Um, And then since we got to Uganda, it's kind of ebbed and flowed. Like, I've had a few months here or there where things have been good um, Mm -hmm. and things kind of get light again. And I I kind of come out of the darkness, but... um, Yeah, I don't know. It's just been a really interesting journey, and it's been hard um, Mm -hmm. and exhausting, and some weeks it sucks, and some weeks I feel okay, and some weeks I'm somewhere in between. Mm -hmm. Um, But Axel's been really awesome in all of it, and showing up for me, and trying to understand what's going on for me, and then wanting to learn, like, what are the best ways to respond when I'm, like having a depressive episode or when I'm having anxiety or an anxiety attack, Mm. um, which I've been really thankful for, um, because it's definitely not easy. Like living in it isn't easy, but I can't imagine like being around it and not knowing like what's happening or how to respond. So how have you found that? Like, what are some of those like responses, Axel? Because I know that this is so prevalent in marriages, especially. Um, I, can't, I can't say that I have an answer or really yeah. know it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it's moment by moment, probably. Yeah, I, I like to please and mm. I like to have harmony mm-hmm. in yeah. things, um, which doesn't really work with, with depression. No. Um, <laughs> I want to fix it and then it doesn't yeah. get fixed. And mm. um, yeah, I think we've grown closer because I've learned to understand and try to feel mm. um, the ways that Carly's feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, even though I don't understand them or mm-hmm. me myself haven't really experienced the same ways or the same feelings that she has. Yeah. 
Um, but just kind of trusting and being open to the fact that I, I can't fix it. I don't know how to fix it. Mm-hmm. And trusting that God is going to yeah. yeah heal and God is in the midst of this and yeah. in working for his good. Mm-hmm. Um, but still just struggling through it. I mm-hmm. mean, yeah. learning to have nights where things just aren't fixed and mm-hmm. they are still sad and mm-hmm. yeah. um, trusting that God is mm-hmm. doing something through that as well. Right. Yeah. And I think, like, it's been really cool in our whole dating relationship to see Axel, like, grow so much in understanding Mm. depression and anxiety and, like, the way he responds is with with such, like, tenderness and kindness towards me, Um, which is ultimately, like, incredibly healing, right? Because the last thing you want... Like, when you're depressed or you're anxious, you already feel like you're a burden. You already feel like you're ruining everything or you can't make your decisions. And Axel is very good at being that, like, steady, Hmm. calm, peace. Like, it's okay. You don't have to go. You don't have to go to that today. Like, you don't have to make that decision right now. I'll make it for you. Or um, even just, like, reminding me of the gospel and Jesus and his love for me in really small ways. Um that's been really helpful so it is it sounds like there are just things that trigger that like it can come from something that's overwhelming and mm-hmm. it, yeah you can't predict and it sounds like it's just growing in you guys like or you Axel just like a lot of patience mm-hmm. which doesn't come naturally for any of us <laughs> I feel like patience is such a hard thing to learn and let that just come out but I was going to ask it just kind of came up in my mind how would you or what would you say to, like, I feel like the church is slowly starting mm-hmm. to talk about mental illness or mm-hmm. health, but it hasn't been mm-hmm. like that for years. So is there just a way, like you like you were saying what Axel has done, come alongside mm-hmm. you in it. Is there something you think could be better, like the church could do better mm-hmm. surrounding that? Well, I had a few experiences in college where people would say, like, oh, you're just not reading your Bible enough. Mm-hmm. Or, like, oh, you're just not praying enough, which, I mean, I've... I've written about this before, um, mm-hmm. but like that is assuming someone's spiritual life, and that's so incredibly unfair because you don't know how hard someone's hanging on to Jesus mm-hmm. in their moments of darkness. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think like it's really unfair to just like try to slap a band aid on it, like oh you just just do this and it'll be better. Mm-hmm. But like if you read the Bible, that's not how things went all the time. Like nothing in the Bible is linear. It's like back and forth. The Israelites were in the desert for 40 years. Like it wasn't just like, oh, we prayed and then we got out of the desert. It's like we prayed and we listened to God and we fell and we stumbled and we tried again for 40 years. Like I think that's what's hard that people think like, oh, if you just pray, if you just have joy, if you just do this. Yeah. And it's like. That's not really how most things in life are. Right. Um, So I think, like, in the church, just coming alongside people who are struggling and just... It's okay to pray for them. Like, that's that's not a bad thing to do. But also trusting that, like, God is taking someone through something that, like... I don't know why, right? but he will use it. Yeah. I've been able to minister to so many people because... I like have been running on empty for so long and Mm. people have seen me like kind of fall and they're like oh gosh like it's okay to not be okay um and I think like 
just being willing to talk about it more and not try to shove like answers to it but just understanding like yeah this is a part of the human experience Mm -hmm. and like it's not going to be cured overnight some people maybe yeah and that's great praise god Mm -hmm. and some people maybe not and like just trusting the journey that god has people on Mm -hmm. um and being willing to walk through them with that and encourage them um and like help them get out of bed when you can like help them stop spiraling when you can Mm -hmm. um and just like remind people of God's kindness and mm. and his love and like never ending love in the moments when you like when it gets really dark. I want to describe for people cuz a lot of people are like excited to hear this episode. Mm-hmm. Good. <laughs> cuz <That's> you exciting. <laughs> Everyone's like what is it like in Uganda? So what are can you give us some like Ugandan staples? We're kind of going off script now. Mm-hmm. Um but we're almost done. So mm-hmm. yeah, some Ugandan things that you never knew culturally like Mm -hmm. what you guys have experienced just kind of describing it for people here Mm -hmm. maybe like a favorite flavor of something Uh foods (laughs) foods the people Mm -hmm. uh i've never been to any african country Mm okay before this so um yeah this is a new experience for us experiencing i don't want to generalize things but from what people have said about different countries it's very very apparent here in africa Mm -hmm. um so it's fun to adjust to African time to mm-hmm. um, oh. see some... <laughs> what is African time? <laughs> I mean, five minutes could mean five minutes, but it usually means an hour. <laughs> yeah, it's just the, yeah, the way people don't aren't in a rush, even though there is a, a time or deadline for things. And mm-hmm. it's okay to say that you're going to do something today and it's finished tomorrow. That's mm-hmm. nice. perfectly fine yeah. according to standards here. Mm-hmm. Or, I mean... We may feel like, oh, we need to rush to get this done, but the person who's helping us get it done, they have all day to get it done. So it's okay for them to take all day when we're like, oh, we need this done in an hour. And yeah. so being patient with people. <laughs> I think also, I mean, English is the national language in Uganda, so a lot of people speak English, but it's even funny just learning like the different dialect of English here Mm -hmm. um sometimes there's like the funniest miscommunications or like I was telling someone that I was like oh I'm I'm at the office today and they were like you're going to the office later and I was like no I'm at the office now they were like what I said I'm at the office she's like oh you're in the office (laughs) like just that small word made such a huge difference to like what that meant to that person you know I think also like and at least in the city, it's just kind of like chaos and yeah. people are just like driving wherever they want. And Oh, yes. We experienced <laughs> this yesterday. So we're in Kampala. So if anyone's familiar okay. with Uganda listening, I have seen Jinja. Mm-hmm. That was a small, more, would you say rural? rural I can't even say that word. Rural. 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 Yeah. Rural, <laughs> rural town. Uh-huh. Um, totally different mm-hmm. feel. And then we're in the city now in Kampala. Mm-hmm. And we've ridden some bodas, uh-huh. and I was, yeah. <laughs> I wasn't actually fearing for my life, but I was like, "This is a little scary. This is a little dangerous." Mm-hmm. And yeah. you're not wearing helmets. Uh-huh. You're in city traffic. Mm-hmm. Traffic is bad. Uh-huh. Not... Traffic is terrible. Yeah. I mean, we both come from Orange County slash LA, right. and like this traffic, maybe beats that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. SoCal <laughs> traffic is not good, but this is even like. <laughs> Topping it a little bit. Yeah. Um, yes. So, and I feel like all the people have been, in my experience so far, in the eight, nine days I've been mm-hmm. here, so warm, mm-hmm. so welcoming. Mm-hmm. Is that across the board, you'd say, 
mm-hmm. that's your experience too. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. People are, are sweet here. And Christianity is the predominant religion here. Is mm-hmm. that right? Or there's also Islam and Muslim mm-hmm. influence, but mm-hmm. it seems like it's predominantly mm-hmm. a Christian nation. Yeah, it is. Um, Do you guys know why? Is that is it because of missionaries coming in or? Yeah, missionaries, missionaries and, and British colonial okay. influence. There's also still quite a bit of influence with um, tribal religions. Mm-hmm. Um, like we still hear a ton of stories from people in the office about like witch doctors mm-hmm. and curses. And so even if people are Christians, sometimes they still are very um, worried about things like that or... Um, Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of just feel like, oh, you can't do this because then, like, you might be cursed or... Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's kind of interesting. We haven't seen a lot of that okay. in Kampala, um, but that's a little bit more typical in the villages. I see. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. that makes sense because, yeah, when we went to Soul Hope, that was where they removed these parasites out of people's fingernails, toenails, or they embed in the toes, mm-hmm. and um, these little parasites called jiggers, and people believe that could be a generational mm-hmm. curse. So this organization is there trying to help remove these jiggers and teach hygiene and just for the betterment of the community and yet still people don't believe they can be mm-hmm. fully healed. So mm-hmm. that's just, yeah, the mindset is it's ingrained mm-hmm. even if there is a strong Christian presence. Mm-hmm. So what about, okay, food? Mm-hmm. I've tried some good food. What do you mm-hmm. guys have a favorite? Mm-hmm. Chipotle. Mm-hmm. The Rolex, the Rolex. Chipotle, the Rolex. Egg rolled up into a little. Mm. <laughs> it costs. Yeah. It costs thirty cents, sixty cents. Yeah, everything's so super cheap. It's so yummy. There's another thing that is pretty unique to Uganda called matoke, mm. and it's this type of banana kind of plant. Yes. <laughs> that's steamed and mashed up, so it's kind of like similar to mashed potatoes, but okay. a little sweeter. Yeah, I did try that too. And they just. They eat that by the plate face, <laughs> and I don't know how. It's not bad. It's just after a few bites, I feel full. <laughs> yeah, very filling. Mm-hmm. I was going to ask one more question, um, just, well, two together. Mm-hmm. So for those who listen who are newly married, what would be a piece of marital wisdom from your first year mm-hmm. of marriage? Is there something you've learned? And then also... A book recommendation. Do, have you guys, like, I saw that little, the marriage journal. That oh, was so cute. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if that would be one, but, like, something you guys have read that has been helpful. I don't think you can really prepare for marriage until you're in marriage, uh-huh. but <laughs> anything that comes to mind. I don't read, but, but <laughs> yeah, that book is good. The marriage journal. What is it? What is the marriage journal? So it's just a few basic questions at the beginning of the week. Mm-hmm. Um you sit down, you talk through those basic questions, uh, and then you kind of walk through each other's schedule for the week. Mm-hmm. Um, not to like plan out when you're gonna kiss and hang out, <laughs> but like it's more of just kind of making sure you're aware of each other's lives, um, kind of what's going on, connecting, especially maybe if you're a married couple that lives very separate lives or you work away from each other, don't see very, each other very often, it's mm-hmm. good to kind of connect on a schedule mm-hmm. um, and, mm-hmm. and be aware of the upcoming week. And then you just pray for each other and kind of talk through some, some stuff like that. Mm. 
I think it's even good for people like us who see each other every single day. I mean, it it helps us to make sure that we do spend intentional time together because you can just spend so much time talking about whatever, watching a show, but mm-hmm. it's important to make sure you're honing in on those intentional yeah. moments too. Marital wisdom. wisdom. <laughs> There's so many things running through my brain. Same all. <laughs> can you be wise after just a year? I know. I don't know. Well, what you you've learned. You can have wisdom. You've, you have one more year of marriage than I do. I mean, I don't even know. That's true. I can't say I know that. So something you've learned, um, or even those who desire to go abroad together, like... Grace, that's always the number one marriage wisdom, no matter who you talk to. Mm-hmm. Forgiveness. Grace, forgiveness are the saving things, no matter what. Mm-hmm. I think choosing to be students of each other all the time, which is not easy, especially when you know someone for so long. Mm. You just make assumptions. and mm-hmm. I mean, in, in one sense, you do understand them in a way that you don't understand other people, and that's a gift. But that can also be really dangerous because you can stop being curious about your spouse. And I think that is when you can start to assume, oh, they're doing this, or you start to get more annoyed Mm -hmm. and stop trying to understand. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, like, bitterness and resentment creeps in, and that's just bad. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I think, like, always being a student of each other Mm -hmm. and always, like, asking the questions and trying to understand instead of just, like, Mm -hmm. assuming things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's good. The more you're able to understand the grace that God's, given us mm-hmm. the more grace you'll be able to offer your spouse because that's really what will push you through i know we've only been together a year but yeah. the hard seasons is yeah. is the grace for each other mm-hmm. if you're living through hard seasons and and the long marriage mm-hmm. slowly built building up um resentment mm-hmm. resentment mm-hmm. bitterness mm-hmm. um if you're keeping track of the bad things mm-hmm. the other person's done to you mm-hmm. Without offering grace, you're never going to be able to to really get through your marriage yeah. healthily, yeah. Yeah. and mm-hmm. yeah. and that's a daily thing. That's not mm-hmm. just a once a week when you sit down and do the journal. Yeah, kind of it's a, <laughs> you have to like rectify that in your heart. Yeah, every on day, day you have to remind yourself of the grace that God's given you, and then be able to offer that to your spouse. Mm. Yeah, and I thought of something while you were talking. This is kind of for like people who aren't married, but also for people who are. Mm -hmm. But just how important it is for you to understand how much God loves you. Because like you'll never be able to like love your spouse super well until you understand that God loves you that much. That you can then outpour that love onto your spouse. Mm -hmm. And I think that was something that I've been a Christian since I was 14 but I don't think I've ever really fully understood God's love until the last six months. Um, And I think Axel's been a huge part of showing that to me. Um, I think just understanding like that unconditional love and grace and kindness, even when I mess up really bad. Um, But like, if you don't get that truth in your heart, like it's just going to be really hard to fight for grace and to fight for forgiveness and to think that you can even be forgiven yourself. Then therefore like, can I forgive other people? And of course you can, but mm. I think like really, really sowing that seed of understanding like God loves me mm-hmm. so deeply and so much. And like that changes everything. Um, and that 
I think that's like Mm. so essential. That's awesome. Thank you guys for sharing. And I was just going to close with, I went on a bike ride with Carly and Axel (laughs) at the Nile It camp. And we were told it was easy to moderate. And if that's not a portrait of marriage, (laughs) right? Like that entire bike ride, we started Uh and it was nice out. We were going to do a nice Mm -hmm. little bike ride by the Nile River. Mm -hmm. And about, what do we think? It was going to be like two hours. Mm -hmm. I thought maybe. I thought it was going to be leisure. No. It ended up being an off-road mountain biking Got caught in the rain. Four hours. Four hour. <laughs> Mud. Not moderate. Extremely difficult. Got like our tires grew three times the size, full with tree branches and mud. And I just saw Axel's patience with not only his wife, with myself, with all of us. That was just oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. I'll always remember that. And so it was it was a hot mess. But we, we did it. Mm-hmm. We got out, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So but thank you guys so much for just opening up a little bit. Mm-hmm. And the work you're doing mm-hmm. and yeah, just sharing your home yeah, and your marriage. Okay. Thank you. Be sure to follow on Instagram at the Marriage Project Co. Or check out the website www.themarriageproject.co to see all the photos that accompany each testimony behind each matrimony. And be sure to subscribe for the community newsletter to get each episode sent directly to your inbox.